in what can be best described as a incestuous, codependent, and competitive relationship, major U.S. cellular and cable service providers have found themselves in an interesting, competitive, yet partnering dance. On one hand, cable companies offer mobile phone service plans to consumers through uh, MVNO agreements with cellular service companies while making moves to keep their customers connected as much as possible without dependency on their cellular partners' networks in the first place. On the other hand, the cellular companies are utilizing fiber backhaul from these same cable companies' extensive fiber networks to backhaul their massive 4G and 5G cell site traffic, while also offering fixed wireless access from those same cell sites to directly compete with those cable companies for residential internet service. Join us in this next episode as we dive into this fascinating relationship of what it means for these companies as well as their customers. Welcome to the 5G Guys podcast, the premier resource for industry insiders and newcomers alike to explore anything and everything wireless telecommunication. We discuss, explain, and explore all things wireless technology. So let's dive right in. Welcome your host, Dan McVaugh and Wayne Smith. Hey there, welcome back to the 5G Guys podcast. I'm Dan McVaugh, and normally I would have my co-host Wayne Smith with me, but uh, due to uh, each of us having some extensive travel schedules, we have not been able to marry our schedules up to uh, to record our, our episodes. So uh, I'm going to go solo this week on this episode. I look forward to having Wayne back uh, at the mic with me uh, in the uh, next episode. But uh, today we are going to talk about the relationship and the competitiveness between U.S. cable service providers and cellular providers, more specifically uh, the cable providers' uh, broadband Internet services and um, how those services are um, being leveraged uh, for cellular and conversely how they're also leveraging the cellular networks and their services um, and vice versa. So it's a very interesting uh, relationship, um, partnership, if you will, at times. Uh, today, I'm going to really focus on uh, what I call and, and others call the, the telco top five. So it's it's really the, the five largest uh, U.S. telecom companies uh, who, who really are at the center of this, uh, this competitive, um, cooperative relationship. And, and those five companies are AT&T, T-Mobile, and Verizon on the cellular front, uh, those companies constitute about 98% of every cellular subscriber in the U.S. So, you know, that really is is where the, the cellular part of the market uh, lies. And then the, the other two players in this top five uh, band of, of, you know, largest uh, telecom operators in the U.S. would be um, cable operators Comcast, who, um, you know, brands their services as Xfinity, and then Charter, who's branding their services as Spectrum. So so that's that's what we call the Telco Top 5. Um, why do we call them the Top 5? It's, it's simply just because those five companies have the largest um, total market cap value in the United States based on, uh, you know, their stock prices and, and total, total value accordingly. So um, to kind of put that into context, the telco top five uh, at the time of this recording uh, was worth roughly about six hundred and thirty billion dollars in the U.S. So that's that's the value of those top five companies. Um, and to put that into perspective, if we look at um, overall technology companies and and what I'll call the Fab Five, 
the five largest generally um, technology-based companies uh, in the U.S., that being Apple, um, Alphabet, who's the parent company of Google, Microsoft, Amazon, and Meta, uh, also the you know parent company of Facebook. Their market cap value um, is massive in comparison. They're at um, $8.8 trillion, um, so literally 14 times the size, more or less, value um, in the telco top five than the top five largest U.S. telecom providers that we're going to talk about today. So it's kind of an interesting um, fact just to, to even think about as we talk about this this today. And, and, and I think one big thing that jumps out to me when I think about the differences between the telco top five and the overall technology fab five is, is when you look at that telco top five, AT&T, T-Mobile, Verizon, Comcast, and Charter, um, you know, these guys, these guys are playing in a fiercely competitive space. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about today is how that competitiveness is kind of working its way into the, the relationships these companies have with each other, because not only are they competitors, but they're dependent on each other, um, to provide a lot of the services they're providing to their customers. You look at the telco top five and, you know, Apple's alone on its own there, um, as, as a device and content, uh, company, uh, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, um, Meta, Facebook, um, you know, these, these gargantuan companies just don't compete as directly with each other and as fiercely with each other. And, uh, they can kind of, you know, stand on their own in their, their specific, uh, markets on, on what they, what they claim to fame to be. Now, obviously like Amazon has Amazon web services for, uh, um, you know, server hosting that and Microsoft competes directly with them with Azure. So they're not completely um, independent of each other in terms of competitive overlap, but nothing quite as competitive as the telco top five. So, um, so let's, let's dive into a little bit about what this really means um, in terms of this sort of incestuous overlap of codependency and competitiveness that, that exists between the telco top five um, on the, on the, the front, end of it, it it started by the fact that you're seeing these cable companies uh xfinity spectrum aka comcast charter um they are packaging mobile phone service to their customers as part of their bundles so of course we all know that we can get linear television cable service from them to for entertainment we can get broadband internet service from them through cable modems to um to provide internet to our homes and businesses. And they're also now packaging mobile cell phone service to their customers. And the way they're doing this is through what's called a mobile virtual network operator, MVNO. And and what that is, is they um, are basically a, the marketing company selling the service, but they don't actually own the networks that are providing that cellular service to their customers. That um, network is actually... Um, owned and operated by one of the three big cellular companies. If you want to get a little more insight into how this works and the dynamics of it, we did an episode, I think it was episode 28, uh, we called it MVNO 101, so go check that episode out. Um, it's a good primer and explanation of how this MVNO network works. But but really what it means is um, Comcast and Charter um, they're providing customer service. They have the point of presence for you to buy your cell phone service through a retail store or through their website. But at the end of the day, they aren't actually operating the networks that are providing that cellular service. And in fact, in 
both Comcast and Charter's case, they are using Verizon's network. So if you're a Comcast Xfinity or Charter Spectrum mobile customer, you are actually using Verizon's network to um, do everything with your mobile phone when you're on a mobile phone network. So that's kind of the beginning of this sort of relationship between each other. Um, uh, yet they sell their services as competitive to Verizon and AT&T and T-Mobile. So um, that's kind of the scratching the surface of it. Now, what's interesting about that is that they these cable companies, while they are reselling service on these networks from Verizon, they are working as diligently as possible to actually provide that mobile phone service to their customers um, without depending on Verizon's network as much as possible. So, you know, when you're at home, you will most likely be using your Wi-Fi network that's over your cable modem broadband service to to um, activate and use your mobile phone service when at home. When you're on the go at a coffee shop, um, at, at other public locations like airports, you may also be using a Wi-Fi network versus a cellular network uh, and so on. And, and as a matter of fact, um, Charter actually has reported that um, when they look at their MVO, MVNO customers' mobile cell phone use, they actually have reported publicly that they claim that um, they're only using Verizon's network about 13% of the time that they're on their mobile device. Uh, the other 25% of the time, Charter uh, reports that those customers are using Wi-Fi at their place of work, 43% of the time using Wi-Fi at home, and 20% of the time using other public or private Wi-Fi networks, private meaning the Charter network of Wi-Fi throughout the U.S. Um, in addition, um, you know, Comcast, Xfinity doesn't report on these sort of statistics, or I haven't seen anything. But, but what is interesting is that Charter and Comcast actually have an agreement to allow each other's customers to effectively use the Wi-Fi networks of each other's networks. So a Xfinity mobile user can use not just the Xfinity network of Wi-Fi hotspots around the country, they can also use the Charter network of Wi-Fi hotspots and vice versa. So um, so this is an even more interesting sort of incestuous spider web, if you will, in this competitive landscape because these cable companies, Charter and, 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 uh, and uh, Comcast, are, are really competitors with each other, but yet they are working together synergistically to allow each other's customers to, as much as possible, not use Verizon's network as part of their MVNO agreement with Verizon. So so that's a very interesting um, dynamic in this relationship between the cellular carriers and the cable companies. Now, if we flip this um, situation on its head and look at the relationship between these companies in the other direction, um, we will see that cellular companies such as AT&T, T-Mobile, and Verizon actually depend on Comcast and Charter and other companies for their broadband networks as a method by which they are providing the backhaul for their 4G and 5G cellular traffic. So if you have listened to prior episodes or if, if not and would like to go back, 
we did a prior episode called Wireless Needs Wires. And uh, let's see if I can remember. I think that was episode 23. And we talk about the fact that all of these cell sites actually ultimately need a wire and more specifically fiber optic networks to backhaul all of that large amount of 5G and 4G and other uh, traffic back into the public telephone network, into the public internet network, and so on. So so, um, AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile actually pay Comcast, Charter, and other cable companies, among others, to um, to have fiber to their cell sites to backhaul all of that traffic, and so now you know now you can see that this this uh, codependency between all of these guys is really bidirectional, and and it's an interesting interesting uh, relationship. In addition, competitively, those same four G and five G cell sites, specifically for T Mobile and Verizon are also being used by both T-Mobile and Verizon to provide what's called fixed wireless access. And what this is, is it's residential broadband internet service that competes directly with these cable companies for your home broadband internet services. And they are actually stealing customers away from these cable companies um, using fixed wireless access, which is just an extension of their um, cellular networks so that they can um, so that they can compete directly and and to give you an ex- uh, some numbers uh, to the extent by which this is uh, this is actually happening it's not huge uh, T-Mobile uh, at last report publicly claimed uh, roughly 3.2 million fixed wireless access customers so folks that might have been on a cable par- provider for their internet service but are now using T-Mobile 4G or 5G and Verizon sitting at about 1.9 million fixed wireless access customers at last report. So not huge numbers, but it's just kind of ironic that many of those cell sites providing that fixed wireless access might actually be using a fiber internet connection from that same cable company that they're competing with by stealing those broadband customers away. Um, now, the other thing that's interesting about this, though, is that the cable companies are actually making moves and the cellular companies are making moves to prevent or reduce the extent by which they're dependent on each other. Um, and and specifically, I'll talk a little bit about what they're doing. So in the case of the cable companies, many of these cable companies, including Charter um, and Comcast, as well as Cable One, Cox, Mediacom, and other cable companies, they actually, in 2021, participated in spectrum auctions with the FCC to purchase um, spectrum that would allow them to provide cellular service. And this particular uh, spectrum band is called CBRS, Citizens Broadband Radio Service, and it's a chunk of spectrum that... um, would would allow um, these companies as well as other private uh, companies and entities to provide private wireless networks um, that can be used as an alternative to traditional cellular networks. Uh, these cable companies collectively spent about 1.2, just under 1.2 billion dollars for uh, about 2,900 licenses uh, around the country. Uh, these licenses cover over a thousand counties. And so what has started happening is, in the case of both Charter and Comcast, 
is they have actually started building small cell networks, private wireless networks using this spectrum as a way for their customers' mobile services to be served by their own cell sites using CBRS spectrum. And again, therefore not being required to use Verizon's network to provide that mobile service. Now, these are not have not been done extensively to my knowledge or any public uh, um, information, public facing information in terms of actual network announced launches. But uh, but in both cases, they have confirmed that they are doing trials and they're doing this by leveraging their cable plant out in the um, out in the network, specifically their cable plant that's aerial, that's on telephone poles to hang small cells off of that cable to provide signal that um, CBRS signal that would not require the mobile user that when they're in in um, distance of that and able to be served by that uh, cable plant to not have to use Verizon's cellular network. So they are making moves and spending a lot of money in those moves to try to avoid the need for an MVNO relationship with Verizon. Um, how that's going to shake out will be interesting to watch, and it's something we'll keep an eye on and and report. But um, so that's an interesting example of what the cable companies are doing to try to um, eliminate the dependency on their cellular partners, in this case Verizon, and their MVNO contract. Now, conversely, the cellular guys are also making a lot of moves to avoid dependency on the cable guys' um, fiber networks and not have to um, purchase fiber interconnectivity for service of backhaul for their 4G and 5G traffic from their cell sites. Um, specifically, this would be AT&T and Verizon that are playing in this space. In both cases, they have both been building out um, extensive fiber networks around the country and um, and is evidenced by the fact that they actually report publicly on number of homes passed that they pass with fiber. So AT&T has reported of their last public reporting that I've seen that they pass about 30 million homes, which is about 20% of the homes in the United States. And Verizon um, plans by the end of this year, 2023, to have passed 18 million homes with fiber, uh, which constitutes about 13% of the homes in the United States. Now, to compare that to the cable companies, cable companies across the board cover about 60% or more of the homes with fiber, um, either directly or to the neighborhood. So um, so that kind of gives you a sense for where Verizon, AT&T are stepping on the toes of the cable guys to compete directly with them for fiber-based home internet service. But that same fiber that AT&T and Verizon are deploying is also allowing them to provide fiber connectivity to their own cell sites as well to avoid having to um, pay for fiber backhaul. Uh, to somebody else, whether that be cable companies or other companies like local phone companies um, like Lumen or or what have you. Now, we don't have any public numbers, or I have not seen any public numbers on, you, you know, percentage of cell sites by which AT&T and Verizon are providing their own fiber backhaul. But um, these are very extensive and, and very expensive initiatives that these carriers have taken on to build those fiber networks so much more, much more expensive than the one point roughly two billion that the cable companies have spent on Spectrum. AT and T and Verizon have spent tens of billions of dollars on 
their own fiber networks. So, um, so again, this kind of gives you a sense for the the massive capital spend that um, all of these top five telco companies are spending on a recurring basis, year in, year out, to build their networks, and um, and in many cases, do so in a way to um, compete with each other. Um, but also, in some cases, strengthen the dependency that the other guys have on 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 each other. So it's a very interesting dynamic. It's one that is uh, fascinating to track, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how that continues to shake out. It'll be interesting to see how much T-Mobile and Verizon's fixed wireless access customer growth grows. It'll be interesting to see how much um, Comcast and Charter's MVNO Cellular customer growth grows, which, by the way, I, I think I failed to to, to say earlier. Uh, Charter reports roughly six million customer lines of cellular customers that are Charter cellular customers through that MVNO relationship, and Comcast is very close behind them with five point three million subscribers. So, again, these are fractions of the subscriber base the cellular carriers have themselves, um, but uh, but it does give you a good sense for you know, the, the areas in which these companies are competing and depending on each other. So, uh, very interesting thing to look at. Um, as always would love to hear feedback from, uh, any of, any of our listeners. If you have thoughts, questions, different perspectives on, on this, um, you know, you guys, uh, I'll have some different uh, experiences sometimes that uh, maybe Wayne and I don't see. So look forward to hearing from you. If you have any questions, comments as always. And, um, Thanks for uh, thanks for letting me run solo this uh, this episode, and we'll look forward to seeing everybody and um, talking with you in the next few episodes. Thanks. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Five G Guys. For more resources and to connect with Dan and Wayne, check out their website at fiveGuys.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that follow button and share this episode with your friends and family.